Hi, folks, and welcome once again to our Midweek Bible Study 2022 Fall Edition. I'm Pastor Tim with Word of Hope Christian Church in New Braunfels, Texas, and it is my pleasure to be with you today on this Wednesday, September 28th. We're continuing in our study of 2 Corinthians, and the topic for today is forgiveness for the sinner. After explaining in general terms why he had delayed his visit to Corinth, that's what we talked about last week, Paul addressed the specific confrontation that most likely had led to his decision to cancel his visit. Paul doesn't name the offender who caused the trouble the last time he was in Corinth, but he does instruct the church on how to handle this man. It was essential that the church act quickly to forgive and restore this man while he was still repentant. Church discipline folks should always seek the restoration of the offender. Two mistakes in church discipline should be avoided. Number one, being too lenient by not correcting mistakes, and number two, being too harsh by not forgiving the sinner. There is a time to confront and a time to comfort. We'll talk about that more in a moment, but right now, join me in a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, Almighty God, thank you for your amazing love, your amazing grace. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for allowing us the freedom to be able to come together today and study your word. Bless all that have come. In your mighty name, and everyone said, Amen. Our text today is 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 5-11. through 11. So open up your Bible or Bible apps and get on over there. And while you're doing it, I'm going to start reading. Okay, follow along. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 5-11. through 11. I am not overstating it when I say that the man who caused all the trouble hurt all of you more than he hurt me. Most of you opposed him, and that was punishment enough. Now, however, it is time to forgive and comfort him. Otherwise, he may be overcome by discouragement. So I urge you now to reaffirm your love for him. I wrote to you as I did to test you and see if you would fully comply with my instructions. When you forgive this man, I forgive him too. And when I forgive whatever needs to be forgiven, I do so with Christ's authority for your benefit, so that Satan will not outsmart us, for we are familiar with his evil schemes. All right, let's get into this study. Number one, verse five, let's read it again. I'm not overstating it, Paul says, when I say that the man who caused all the trouble hurt you more than he hurt me. Here's the question. Do you think Paul was trying to defend himself in this verse? Why or why not? First, let me say that these verses we're going to be studying today, five through 11, emphasize that the reason Paul is concerned about this man's offense was not to correct an injury Paul had suffered. The man had hurt the entire church far more than he offended Paul. Most likely, the offender's actions had amounted to a direct attack on Paul's apostolic authority. The teachings of the false apostles who had infiltrated the Corinthian church and had started discrediting Paul's authority might have inspired this man to challenge Paul's authority in public. Paul would perceive this not only as an attack on his authority, but also an insult to the entire church, which had been founded on the gospel message that Paul had delivered to them. Paul's concern in all of this was to assure the Corinthians that he was not trying to defend himself. This wasn't a personal vendetta. Instead, it touched on the foundations of the Christian faith. The distinction expressed in this verse should be made clear in churches today. Personal agendas or preferences should not block the clear proclamation of the gospel. But when an issue touches on the authority of Jesus or the truth of the gospel, that issue should be taken seriously, for it affects the entire congregation. 
we too, folks, need to muster the courage to pass judgment on the quarrelsome, selfish ambition that is in our churches, just as Paul did in the first century. He wrote in Philippians 2.3, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. And then in James 3.14, But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. Absolutely true. Number two, verse six, it reads, most of you opposed him, and that was punishment enough. Here's the question. What does this say about the Corinthian church, and what effect did it have on this sinful man? Apparently, as we just read, the majority of the Corinthians had realized that tolerating the man and the sin he encouraged would ruin the congregation. They couldn't function as a holy people of God with such a rebel among them. It's not clear what action the Corinthian church took against this offender, though. The main point is that most of the believers in the church were united in judgment against this man. This united front showed the man the seriousness of his sin and, no doubt, helped lead him to repentance. Number three, verses seven and eight read, Now, however, is the time to forgive and comfort him. Otherwise, he may be overcome by discouragement. So I urge you now to reaffirm your love for him. Here's the question. Now Paul says the church should forgive and comfort this man. What's going on and why is this important? Evidently, the disapproval expressed by the Corinthians that they showed towards this man's actions was sufficient. The offender realized the seriousness of his actions. Paul was extremely concerned, though, that the Corinthians forgive and comfort this man at the appropriate time so he would not become so discouraged that he might not recover. That's an important point for us to remember. Paul's image here was the disciplined person drowning in sadness. Paul wasn't concerned for his own vindication in this really distressing incident, but instead he was concerned for the offender's spiritual welfare. Then the believers should show that they still love him. You know, knowing the appropriate time to rebuke and the appropriate time to forgive is key to compassionate church discipline. This type of discernment is crucial for a church plagued with problems, just like the Corinthian church was. Christians in positions of authority have got to consistently check their motives when it comes to church discipline. They must ask, am I keeping the spiritual welfare of my church members, especially that of the offender in mind? Number four, verse nine reads, I wrote to you as I did to test you and see if you would fully comply with my instructions. Here's the question. Why does Paul say his letter was a test for the Corinthians, and what was the result he was hoping to see from them? Well, first of all, Paul hoped his letter would rectify the troublesome situation before he arrived. When he visited them, he wanted to encourage them in their faith instead of correcting them. Second, he wanted to find out how far they would go in obeying him. Later in 2 Corinthians, Paul will, without a doubt, assert his authority as an apostle to punish disobedience. He had been empowered by Christ with apostolic authority. You can read ahead to chapter 10, verses 4 through 6. But Paul's authority didn't involve commanding obedience to himself, but instead to Christ and the gospel. When Paul defended his apostolic authority to the Corinthians, he was careful to explain that he possessed the authority to build up the church, not to tear it down. The good news was that the Corinthians were obedient to the gospel. Titus' report from Corinth revealed that they had listened to Paul's rebuke and had obeyed his instructions. Their complete obedience in these matters caused Paul to rejoice, 
Again, you can read ahead chapter 7, verses 13 to 16 to see that. And now, believe it or not, we're at our last question. This is a really short passage of scripture, so we're already right at the end of it. Let's look at verses 10 through 11. When you forgive this man, I forgive him too. And when I forgive whatever needs to be forgiven, I do so with Christ's authority for your benefit, so that Satan will not outsmart us. For we are familiar with his evil schemes. Here's the question. Why is forgiveness important for an individual and or the church? And what effect can it have on our enemy, Satan? The word for forgive is derived from the Greek word for grace. For Paul, forgiveness was the central point of the gospel. It is only through God's grace, that is, his undeserved or unmerited favor, that anybody can be saved at all. Check out Ephesians 2, verses 5 and 8. So the Corinthians' forgiveness of the offender among them was fundamentally based on Christ's forgiveness of them. Ephesians 4.32 says, Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And in Colossians 3.13, Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Folks, if you have something that you have not released, if you are holding a grudge, if you haven't forgiven someone in your life, you need to because if you don't, God's not going to forgive you. That's what his word says. This is the right thing to do to let go and give it to God and really release it. Now, I understand it's hard to forgive, but it's important for the individual. It is important for the church. Look at verse 10. It downplays Paul's own part in the entire incident. Since the offense was primarily directed against Paul, he should have been the first to pronounce forgiveness. Instead, he emphasized it was the Corinthians who should forgive. He would merely agree with their verdict. So in this way, he was reiterating the point that the offense had been against the entire church, not just him. Now, in downplaying his own authority in the situation, Paul was pointing to the ultimate authority. Who is that? Jesus himself, of course. It was before Christ that the church would forgive the offender and it was before Christ that Paul, hundreds of miles away, would forgive the same offender. In this way, Satan would not outsmart them. You see, this passage identifies another one of Satan's evil schemes. In their zeal to purge sin from the church, the Corinthians could punish the offender without keeping in mind the purpose of discipline, to inspire repentance and promote reconciliation to God. Under Satan's influence, the offender's sorrow could easily be turned into resentment instead of repentance. Paul pleaded with the Corinthians to guard against such a tragic outcome. And that's a message for us today. We truly have to let go and let God, because if we don't and that resentment begins to build, that is Satan's foothold, folks, in your life and in your church's life. It can easily be turned when someone is, is caught in sin and it's addressed like this situation here, the offender's sorrow, you can turn it into resentment easily instead of repentance by the way that we treat that person. So I hope that this has been an encouragement to you today. It's a short study, but it's so powerful regarding forgiveness for the sinner. You know, it's often an interesting thought to me and, and sad actually too, that if God can forgive you, why can't you? Why can't I? We need to be careful of that and let go. If you're struggling with something like that today, let it go at the feet of Jesus right now. 
Well, folks, we've reached the end of today's study. Again, short study. I hope you found it encouraging and insightful. Now, next week, I'm going to make up for it because we've got a bigger chunk of scripture to cover. We're going to be studying 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, all the way to chapter 3, verse 6. And we're going to talk about being ministers of the new covenant. It's going to be a fun time. I hope you'll come back. I hope we can get together again, either live or right here on this media platform, and we'll study together. Until then, please take care, and I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining me. God bless you. Go in peace. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for another encouraging message from God's Word. To find out more about our ministry, look us up on the web at www.whccnb.org. Word of Hope Christian Church. Real people. A real God. Real hope.